Lord in heaven, he whose words are life to our soul. As we come before you today, we thank you for the privilege of life. But we know we do not have life if we do not abide in you and if your word does not abide in us. Therefore, Lord, we ask, consecrate us to your service. Speak your word into our life, O Lord, that we may live truly. We pray, Father, that as we go through the words of our devotion, that they shall give life to us. I give myself to you, O Lord. Nothing that I can say can help anyone at all. Therefore, I pray, please grant me your words. Fill me with your spirit that I may speak things that will be blessing to all, blessings to all who would listen. Grant your children also the gift of your Holy Spirit that we all may be lifted up together to heavenly places that our characters may be conformed to the image of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Do this and take the glory in Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage February 8 There's a reason that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 7 Abraham continued to journey southward, and again his faith was tested. The heavens withheld their rain, the brooks ceased to flow in the valleys, and the grass withered on the plains. The flocks and herds found no pasture, and starvation threatened the whole encampment. Did not the patriarch now question the leadings of providence? Did he not look back with longing to the plenty of the Chaldean plains? All were eagerly watching to see what Abraham would do as trouble after trouble came upon him. So long as his confidence appeared unshaken, they felt that there was hope. Abraham could not explain the leadings of providence. He had not realized his expectations, but he held fast the promise, I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. With earnest prayer, he considered how to preserve the life of his people and his flocks, but he would not allow circumstances to shake his faith in God's word. To escape the famine, he went down into Egypt. He did not forsake Canaan, or in his extremity turn back to the Chaldean land from which he came, where there was no scarcity of bread. But he sought a temporary refuge as near as possible to the land of promise, intending shortly to return where God had placed him. The Lord in his providence had brought this trial upon Abraham to teach him lessons of submission, patience and faith. God permits trials to assail his people that by their constancy and obedience they themselves may be spiritually enriched and that their example may be a source of strength to others. I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, 
thoughts of peace and not of evil. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 The very trials that task our faith most severely and make it seem that God has, has forsaken us are to lead us closer to Christ, that we may lay all our burdens at His feet and experience the peace which He will give us in exchange. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is There is a Reason. Yesterday we looked at the life of Abraham as it began, how the Lord called him out of Babylon to cross over the great river Euphrates and that crossover represented and today still represents a change of life. Leaving your family, leaving your friends who are in the world and moving over to the Lord's side dropping your former practices, your former lifestyle and following after the Lord to worship Him instead of worshiping the idols on the other side of the river. And that is where the word Hebrew came from. Hebrew means those who cross. That's those who cross over that river. And Abraham is the first person in the Bible to be called a Hebrew. Though not necessarily that he was the first person who crossed there, but he is the one that is addressed as a Hebrew. But as a spiritual Hebrew, he is indeed the father of faith. And we saw his example laid out there so that we can be encouraged to cross over also. Now, we want to see what happened after Abraham crossed over. Genesis chapter 12, reading from verse 5 says, And Abraham took Sarah his wife, and Lot his brother's son and all their substance that they had gathered, and the souls that they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth to go into the land of Canaan, and into the land of Canaan they came. So I'll stop here and I'll continue later. There are many important things for us to note here. Abraham was an evangelist. He had spoken to others about this journey he was going for. Though the Lord talked to him alone, he made the room for others to join him. And those who, the Bible says, the souls that they had gotten in Haran, that is an evangelistic life that Abraham was living. He had spoken and told other people about the Lord God of heaven and called them out of Babylon. And all those souls he had gotten, whether whatever tribe they were of, it doesn't matter. He had gotten some souls and there were many that went with him and they crossed over. These are the people who were known then since they joined Abraham. They are also Hebrews. They crossed over. And after crossing over, they came to Canaan. That's what the Bible says. And they went forth into the land of Canaan, and into the land of Canaan they came. Verse 6 now. And Abraham passed through the land unto the place of Shechem, unto the plain of Moreh, and the Canaanite was there was then in the land. Remember who the Canaanites are. These are Canaan's children. Canaan is the son of Ham. And Canaan's children, the Jebusites, remember the Gigashites, they are the ones that are called the Canaanites. They lived in this land. And Abraham got there. Verse 7 says, And the Lord appeared unto Abraham and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. And he removed from tents unto a mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent. Having Bethel on the west 
and high on the east. And there he builded an altar unto the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed, going on still toward the south. And there was a famine in the land. And Abram went down into Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was grievous in the land. Hmm. So now is where Abraham is tested. If there was a time for Abraham to leave and go back to Ur, that time was now. Here is someone who the Lord had promised that he would bless him and he would show him a land which he would give to him. And on getting to that land, what does he see? Famine. And the Bible doesn't just say that this was a small famine. It says that famine was grievous in the land. And as we got a description of what this famine was, as we read our devotion, we are told that this famine was so bad. And the people who were with him were watching. What would he do? What was he going to decide now? Will he go back to Ur of the Chaldees? Their faith was hanging on the balance. If Abraham's faith was not strong, their faith would also be weak because God didn't tell them directly. It was Abraham the Lord spoke to. They are hanging on him and waiting to see what he would do. The world was watching to know what will Abraham do now? Will he go back? Abraham's faith was not shaken. Not at all. Things were now worse than where he came from. This is where the true motive of Abraham will be revealed. Will he get offended? Does he love prosperity more than he loves God? Is Abraham a gold digger? Does he love ease more than being led by God? His actions will reveal his heart. So what did Abraham do? Conflict and Courage, page 45, paragraph 3. He did not forsake Canaan, or in his extremity turn back to the Chaldean land from which he came, where there was no scarcity of bread. But he sought a temporary refuge as near as possible to the land of promise, intending shortly to return where God had placed him. End of quote. Abraham was not a man who was a gold digger. He didn't go to Canaan just because the Lord said, I'm going to bless you. And that was the reason why he didn't ask questions. If he was so concerned about prosperity as many are today, if he was so concerned about his flock and about getting rich and getting more wealth and a life of ease and plenty, if that was what Abraham was concerned about, now he would have been so disappointed and will murmur and complain against the Lord and the worst part of it is he will stop listening to God and he will feel the Lord had sorely disappointed him that this was not what he was expecting he was expecting I thought you said you were going to bless me he was expecting that things will get better than what it was but not so with Abraham no hint shows us that Abraham was expecting that he left and he trusted the Lord that even though he had reached, reached that land that land the Lord said he was going to give him and there was a great famine he trusted God that God had plans and God knew what he was doing and there was no need for him to turn back here it is that we see the true motive of Abraham's heart there was no selfishness in it Abraham left because he loved the Lord and because he trusted the Lord and this experience revealed that you cannot say that Abraham was a selfish man if he was he would have been offended and gone back to Ur of the Chaldees you can see now his heart was being revealed his motive was clear 
that he was no gold digger. And this is the lesson for us today. We have so many gold digger Christians. Oh, you may say the whole Pentecostal world are gold digger Christians. A gold digger is one who deceptively follows another person, fawns over them, professes loyalty to them, or are faithful to them in hope of or because of the goodies that they get, the affluence of the person, or simply put, you can say because of the benefits that they are receiving or the benefits that they hope to receive. That's what a gold digger is. They follow you because of the benefits that they are receiving as long as it's coming or even though it's not yet coming, they are hoping to get it very soon. That's what a gold digger is and many Christians are like that. Gold digger Christians and Abraham was not like that. Christians are to shun this character of being a gold digger. Even worldly people, worldlings, find this character quite repulsive, irritating, and disgusting. God is no gold digger himself, and he doesn't expect his people to be gold diggers. Jesus gave himself for us, not because there was something in it for him, or there was one benefit he was going to get out of it. It was purely a self-sacrificing act for Jesus. He wanted to make us great. He is there for us even when we are down, but oh, how many remain with God when things get tough. We must come to this level where Jesus is, this level where we meet Abraham. The promises of God will go to those alone who are ready to carry their cross, who are ready to bear the cross. You know, in Christianity today, many people sing the song and they say, So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophy is at last I lay down. I will cling, take notes, that's this is a song we sing popularly. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. Now the question comes to us Do you really cherish the old rugged cross? When you follow God and answer His call, and then you begin to do right and things begin to go down under and things start to get tough and rough what do you do this is your cross that is the cross the roughness and the hardness of the way is a cross that you, you should bear you've been singing or even if you've not been singing it so many of us profess such a thing that we will hold we will cling to the old rugged cross and that someday we will give out that cross and exchange it. We will use it to buy for ourselves a crown. Is that what you've been doing? Where is your cross? Do you have one? Are you suffering for Christ's sake? Or do you run away? Every time there comes hardship and suffering, you leave God. Jesus did not leave us when we sinned against him. He stood by us and died for us. But any small hardship a Christian gets because he's following Jesus, the next thing they start to murmur, they start to complain, and worst of all, they begin to deny him by sinning against him. And so maybe you get poor. And now you're following God, you're poor. You follow God, you lose your job. And you follow God because of your conscientiousness to the word of God. You are so conscientious. You know the word of God says you shouldn't lie, you shouldn't steal, you shouldn't kill, you shouldn't deceive, you shouldn't covet. And because of that... You find out that you're not prospering the way the rest of the world is prospering. What do you do? You are carrying your cross. Are you clinging to it? Or do you exchange the cross in this earth for prosperity? Know this, oh brother and sister. If you exchange your cross on this earth for prosperity on this earth, there will be no cross for you to exchange for the crown when Christ will come. Because 
the cross is for all is for those who will give a, get a crown and the crown is for those who have a cross cling to your cross then abraham clinged to his cross he didn't go back it's a lesson for us to learn from him to cling to our cross do you bear your cross when your family begins to mock you and you lose your friends your job perhaps maybe you've changed your diet and you want to eat right and suddenly that's when you begin to get sick even more sicker than you were before and also you are placed between a rock and a hard place do you bear the cross and hold on to it in hope to exchange it someday for a crown like i have said the vast majority of christians fall into the category of gold diggers they deceive they think they deceive god actually they think they deceive god as if they really love him but it's actually the money and all the other benefits that they love can you die for your faith can you suffer for christ's sake can you carry your cross there is no crown for those who cannot carry their cross jesus said in the book of matthew 16 verse 24 then said jesus unto his disciples if any man will come after me let him deny himself and take off his cross and follow me why Luke 14 verse 27 and whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple luke 9 verse 62 and jesus said unto him no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom hmm. tough words from jesus here and true words nevertheless jesus is not joking here if you run away from the cross all the time that the cross comes because you're following christ there is no crown for you you cannot be his disciple christian look at the cross where jesus died for you is that not enough to motivate you to bear your cross is that not enough for you to motive to motivate you to suffer for him seeing that he suffered for us why do we deny him at every small instance can't you just bear some suffering for christ abraham bore his suffering bear your own carry your cross you will exchange it someday for a crown be encouraged and know that a time is coming when the lord will reward you for standing faithful to him when hardships come because you are following god when it gets tough and rough because you are following his leading because you have left babylon and are now practicing like a child of god you've changed your way of life your whole thinking has been transformed now you don't steal you don't use profane language anymore you don't insult people you find no pleasure in the things of this world you have separated yourself from them your friends have changed you don't walk along with the ungodly again you don't sit in the seat of the scornful in the cinemas and then you even go to your office and you don't join them in the things and the lewd comments and the lewd jokes that they tell you don't laugh at those things anymore you choose to keep the day of the lord the sabbath and then you will not work on that day and you choose to follow the lord with us wherever he goeth would you carry your cross when nobody chooses to marry you because you're like that would you carry your cross when you lose your job and you are poor and you face the hardships like Abraham's own grievous famine no food even for his cattle and his people there was no food his table was dry when your table gets dry what do you do will you run back if you run back I repeat no crown for you endure endure the Lord is going to bless if you will endure 
So why does the Lord permit these adverse circumstances for those who follow him? Why is it so? We read in our key text for today, there's a reason. There is a reason why God allows it. In 1 Peter 1 verse 7, we are told the reason is this, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Amen. These trials are working for us, like Paul would say, a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. If you don't pass through these trials gracefully, you will not get that exceeding eternal weight of glory. You will not get the crown. There is a reason. God wants you to understand this. And remember, if Abraham had gone back, Jesus had said, There is no one who puts his hand to the plow. You start the journey. And then you turn back. Oh no, you are not worthy. That's what he said. You are not worthy. If you have done that, maybe you put your hand to the plow. You are looking back at your life. There was once a time when you were serious. Oh, are you lamenting over yourself? The Lord is giving you another opportunity today to start again. Maybe you went back. The Lord is saying start again. Pick up that plow and follow the Lord. And the reason he brings this, the reason he brings the trials is so that it will work out in us our character, a character like that of Christ. That is the reason. As we read in Conflict and Courage, page 45, paragraph 4, it says, The Lord in his providence had brought this trial upon Abraham to teach him lessons of submission, patience, and faith. Without these trials, we won't learn these lessons. Are you patient or are you passionate? Are you the one who wants everything now? The Lord wants to teach us patience. He also wants to teach us submission and faith. We cannot deceive God. He will not allow us to be in his kingdom with selfish motives. For if he does this, affliction will rise a second time. It was selfishness that brought sin and untold woe upon this world. Those who cannot live a life of service and live a life of self-forgetfulness will not be granted a crown of righteousness. Selfishness is a disease which brings about all kinds of evil and God intends to purge us of all selfishness. Therefore, Abraham was tested and therefore we are tested with hardship to see the motive of our heart or to purge us of our selfishness so that if we must continue our journey, it must be by faith, a faith that works by love and purifies the soul. Now, if you were in the condition of Abraham, now you've got into Canaan and then there's no uh, food to eat. Now we will know truly what your motive is. If you must go forward, it must be by faith. This is the condition God will bring every Christian to. It, must, it might not be poverty. It might not be lack. But God will always bring us to a condition where if we must go forward, it must be because we love him. Selfishness can only carry us so far. Pliable that I talked about yesterday in the book Pilgrim's Progress followed Christian. He was going to the celestial city and while Christian was explaining to him like he wanted to know, he wanted to know about that city and what are the things to be enjoyed and how they are to be enjoyed. And Christian explained to him, there are mansions, there's this, there's that, there's so, and then Pliable asked him, how do we even enjoy these things? And then he said, oh, you enjoy it because the Lord is there and this and that. But once they got into the slough or the swamp of despondency, one hardship, it showed what Pliable was about. He couldn't go forward again. He turned back. He went back to the city of destruction. 
the Lord will always have to bring us to such a condition where only love can make us go forward. Selfishness can only carry you so far. If you, like Judas, are thinking I'm hope and hoping there will be a kingdom someday and I'll be by his side. You will sell your Lord someday. You will wait three and a half years and when you see that this man is not what I thought he was, he's wasting too much time and I can see that he, the way he's doing, he's not raising me up where I want to be. Judas sold his Lord for 30 pieces of silver and many Christians have done that. They've sold their Lord for 30 pieces of silver. Like Esau, they've sold their Lord for a pot of pottage just to satisfy the belly many christians are gold diggers today and maybe you too who's listening to me but i'm not saying this to you so that you feel bad about yourself i'm saying it to you so that you reconsider the gold digging that we are doing how is your blessing to us chasing after the things of this world will not profit us think about it jesus is saying to us what will it profit you to gain the whole world and lose your soul what shall a man give in exchange for his soul for in turning back we are losing our soul don't turn back have you turned back please turn again and follow the lord the lord is testing you and he must test everybody that we will come to a position where the only way we can continue to follow god will not be out of selfish motives but out of pure love for him and hatred of sin and love for his law his life his commandments his practices his ways if you don't love his ways for example, you, you've come to a point where you say, I don't like adultery or telling lies. If you are brought to a position where the only way you can save your life is to tell lies, because you hate it, you will never tell lies, you will rather die. And God will bring us to a condition like that where it will be seen that we love him so much that we will rather die by keeping his commandments than turn back to our life of sin temptations will come to see whether we'll rather die than sin temptations will come to see whether we'll rather die than enrich ourselves through means that are evil the lord will test us that is one reason why these things happen another reason says in conflict and courage page 45 paragraph 5 god permits trials to assail his people that by their constancy and obedience they themselves may be spiritually enriched and that their example may be a source of strength to others end of quote brothers and sisters i can stand up from where i am now and raise my hands to the heavens and say i know the life of abraham has impacted me so much that if not for this story of Abraham, there are decisions I will never have made. When I examine the life of Abraham, I say, what kind of man is this? Do you understand what it is to have your own business? You are set up, you are doing very well, and the Lord then tells you, rise up and go to a place I'll show you. And you don't know what that place is like. You've not checked, the, you've not checked it and seen whether as a businessman, whether it's good for business. And then you get there and then it's not good for business. How many can really bear that? When I look at the life of Abraham, truly his example has helped me. And his example is a source of strength to me. There were times when I needed to make tough decisions. I had to look to the life of Abraham and I realized, how did Abraham choose to even let Ishmael away from him, his own son? How did he do that? How did he take his son, Isaac, and was willing to sacrifice him? And when I read that, I looked at the sacrifices the Lord wanted me to make and I was encouraged. I saw that if a man like Abraham could do this, I was encouraged that I can also do it. Indeed, it is a source 
of strength. It is still a source of strength to me and to you who are thinking about the sacrifices the Lord wants you to make. Look at Abraham. Look at the sacrifices he made. Can you circumcise yourself when you are old? Can you do that? Can you cut yourself with a knife? Can you circumcise yourself? Would you not give an excuse for that? Abraham was close to 100 years old when the Lord told him to circumcise himself. What? I mean, think of the pain. Abraham did not flinch. He obeyed immediately. The Bible says that immediately the Lord spoke to him talking about circumcision. Immediately Abraham left off from talking with the Lord and went to talk to the rest of his family immediately and told them that day they circumcised themselves. Imagine such obedience. He did not defer it to one week later. He did it that day. I am strengthened by Abraham's obedience, unquestioning obedience. I'm strengthened by it. People talk about, oh, Abraham's blessings are mine. How are they yours if you are not doing the things he did? Can you tell your son to leave your house? Abraham did it. Can you leave your father's house and cut off all relationships because the Lord asks you to? Abraham did it. Can you take your only child? If the Lord asks you to give your only child, many parents, hmm, they struggle with this one. If their child wants to serve the Lord and follow after the Lord, they, they own the child. They don't want the child to go away from the plan they had for the child. And then it's a tug of war between them and their children. They may not be asked to sacrifice their child on an altar. But the Lord, maybe the child is sacrificing himself by giving himself over to the Lord and they get offended. Be encouraged by the story of Abraham. Be encouraged that the Lord will bless all those who, like Abraham, would give that unquestioning obedience. This is the reason why God brought this trial to Abraham, so that by his response, he can encourage us. Another thing we see in Conflict and Courage, page 45, paragraph 5 says, The very trials that task our faith most severely and make it seem that God has forsaken us are to lead us closer to Christ, that we may lay all our burdens at his feet and experience the peace which he will give us in exchange. End of quote. There is a reason for the trials that the Lord brings to us. Like Abraham, have you crossed over that river? And you have gone forward and the trial comes, hardship comes. Things are not as easy as they were before you even started to follow the Lord. The Lord is bringing the trial for a purpose so that you can through the trial come closer to the Lord. But many, many misuse the trial. Do you remember those days when you had no job? How much you prayed? The last time you were sick, how was it? Were you not closer to the Lord in prayer? How was it for you? Not the time you needed a child, the time you needed a husband or a wife. You were very prayerful. Was it not so? The Lord brings us through trials for that purpose. That time, maybe you didn't, when you are sick, there's nothing you can do about it. The job, only you've tried so many ways, there's nothing you can do, and then you come close to the Lord. But sometimes, when the trial comes, we have the other option to sin against the Lord so that we can escape the trial. We can lie to escape the trial. We can steal to escape the trial, commit adultery to escape the trial, deny the Lord so that the trial can go and we get what we want. Oh, we are misusing the trial. The Lord brought it so that we can increase in faith and come closer to him. Don't sin against the Lord because of your trial. Rather, use that opportunity to pray more, to study more, to increase your faith by not sinning against the Lord, remaining 
in the way the Lord has left you. Don't go back to to Ur of the Chaldees. Don't go back to your sins. But rather, continue to follow the Lord and your closeness to the Lord will increase. This is the purpose of the trial. To bring us closer to Christ. Don't let the trial take you away from Christ. This is something that we must understand. There is a reason. It was Psalms, uh, David who said in the book of Psalm 119, I think verse 65, 67, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now have I come back. It is good for me that I have been afflicted so that I can learn your law. When trials come, it helps us to come back to the Lord. It helps us to come closer, even if we are with him, to come closer to him. Don't misuse the trial. These things were written for us to understand and learn from the life of Abraham. Are you encouraged by Abraham's life? As we read in the book of Romans chapter 15 verse 4, it says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Do you have hope? Have you been encouraged by the life of Abraham? I have, and I hope you have too. So now, the Lord would have us to rethink our lives. Have you left before? Did you sinfully deny your Lord? Here is an opportunity for you to come back. Have you given up your cross? Pick up that cross again and bear your cross. Now is the time for, your, for us to make a decision again. To follow the Lord, whether in the smooth weather or in sunny weather or in rainy weather, all weather we will follow the Lord and not give up our cross because of the things of this world. It is my prayer that we all will do just that. Amen. Let us pray. Loving Father in heaven, thank you for the words that you have spoken to us just now. Lord, these words have come out of my lips in ways that are not perfect. But I pray that as those who have listened contemplate it, that your spirit shall speak to them and be a blessing to them and explain it better than I have said it, that we may be encouraged, that we may have hope. Perhaps there's someone who is thinking of their life and how they denied you and how they left the cross for the things of this world. Please, for such an one, I pray, Lord, that you comfort such a soul and help them, Lord, to pick up their cross. Give us strength and courage, not to be gold digger Christians, but to have that love for you that passes all understanding, to have that faith that works by love and purifies the soul. Lord, please shed your love abroad in our hearts. Help us, Lord, not to follow after you selfishly, but to follow you lovingly, to do your will in all things. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Amen.